0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to My Two Cents Podcast, episode 26, which is entitled... I'm going to get into the reason why I named this episode Don't, but before I do that, let me list off the National Food Days of the Week. Today, Sunday, June 13th. Today's National Food Day is Cupcake Lover's Day. Tomorrow, June 14th, will be Strawberry Shortcake Day. June 15th, Lobster Day. June 16th, Fudge Day. June 17th, Apple Strudel Day and also Cherry Tart Day. June 18th, International Picnic Day and Cheesemakers Day. And June 19th, Martini Day. Since I'm not a drinker, I will not be partaking in Martini Day. But anybody that does drink, happy Martini Day for you when it hits the 19th. Now, the reason why I titled this episode Don't is... I have a couple topics here that don't just really applies to... it. It applies to... It's the main thing, but you can also say don't blank, don't do this, don't blank. I'm going to break into it whenever I get to each topic, but the first thing I want to get into is this month is Pride Month, and I want to say this with all sincerity and all uh, loving and care that I do have within my body. Everybody that's in the LGBTQ community, I want you all to look at... Everybody that is coming out, whether it be celebrity or certain individuals in your life or certain individuals that you know, I want you to, one, congratulate them because they are coming out to be their own true selves, their true ordained self, and secondly, whenever you start seeing a lot of people doing something that it seems trendy to do, it's Normal to question their sincerity if they are who they truly claim to be. I've been thinking that over a lot as I see a lot of celebrities coming out as either queer or bisexual or pansexual or non binary. There's a whole ton of celebrities that are just coming out or pseudo celebrities that, that I'm not even going to say celebrities because they were on television one time and then they're deemed a celebrity just people that are in Hollywood or in an entertainment. There you go. People that are in entertainment, they are coming out under the LGBTQ umbrella. And I just think to myself, as I see these uh, things happen, as I see these people come out, I have been questioning, is all this a part of a big, hype train trend that is happening we are in a society now that people are now more free to be who they are on the inside than they were able to be years past in the early 2000s it was still taboo for people to be gay and openly gay in the public eye but now in 2021 it's just like another day another thing like who really cares I'm just looking at the big scope of everything, just the big landscape. I question things because, one, I'm naturally just a questionnaire type of guy, and if I don't understand something, I look it up. If it is something of importance or just clicks into my head, and this has been clicking to my head just consciously, but I'm going to just make it short here, as I've been rambling so long. I want you all just to... Be careful of who says they are this orientation or this or that sexual orientation. I'm not here to bash anybody for coming out. I'm not here to do that. I do not have a bashful, bashful bone in my body like that. I just want people to be careful for other individuals when they say that they are bi or they're this or that. Because it just seems like everybody's coming out just to be on this little hype train just for some type of attention grabbing moment like yeah i have this moment and then like okay poof is out there now that's it i'm just it just doesn't i'm a man that works in logic i'm a man that questions a lot of things it just seems odd to me that everybody just now started to come out and they gotta make it like a big posting type deal that's just me we're in the social media era age a that could just me being a quack job if you guys want to just take that as that But it's just my opinion on it. The show is called My Two Cents. But I'm just giving that on this whole thing. But first, I do want to congratulate for anybody that is coming out. I know that's a hard thing for people to come out. I'm a straight heterosexual man. I just happen to see a lot of videos of people coming out. And and I'd be reading their stories of how it's been hard for them to come out. And now that they feel so free and liberated to get this weight off their shoulder... I just want to say first, congratulations for you to get this weight off your shoulders that you feel, no, not that you feel, that has been on your shoulders that you now have lifted off of you, because I don't want to be insensitive to anybody, that's one, and two, just be who you truly are, don't try to get on any hype train, because once that hype train does leave, and and every hype train does leave, ladies and gentlemen, no hype ever stays around forever. Once the hype train leaps, make sure you're comfortable with who you are. Because if you're not and you just did this for a hype, that's not good. That's not good at all. Be who you truly are. That's all I have to say about that. I'm not trying to come off as a hater or anything. That's just my precaution to that. So without any further ado, let me get on with my topics here. And the first topic is coming from NBC News. Arby's employee fired for homophobic slur on couples receipt. And as the article reads, an employee at an Arby's restaurant in Lafayette, Indiana, was fired earlier this week after writing a homophobic slur on the receipt of a gay couple. A spokesperson for Arby's confirmed Craig Gray and John Burns was dining at the restaurant Sunday afternoon After they when they received their order receipt with the type slur, which came as a shock. Burns told NBC News during a phone interview interview when we went to the counter and ordered he said the cashier that helped us the young man that's been mentioned seemed really new and a little awkward but very nice so a little so no so a very run-of-the-mill type of fast food occurrence nothing that you would expect out of the ordinary but as the couple waited for their order to be prepared burn's partner noticed that on their paper well, that on their receipt that there was a homophobic slur in place of their name Shock, just absolute shock, Burns says. This has never happened to me in all my years. I'm from this area, and I lived here my whole life. As Burns confronted the cashier, Gray posted a picture of the receipt on Facebook with a caption that reads, So this just happened at Arby's. Happy pride, huh? Burns said the cashier chalked up the incident to a computer glitch. I showed him the receipt, Burns said. I said, look at this. What is this? Why would you do this? And that's when he tried to give me some lame excuse about a computer glitch, where he says, sometimes I'll put in a name and it will come out different on the receipt. Burns said he asked for the store, well, he asked for the manager, who refunded the couple's order and fired the cashier on the spot. By the time I sat down on my seat to meet up with Craig and our food, I saw him walking down the street in the parking lot, Burns said, of the terminated cashier. An Arby's spokesperson told NBC News that the franchise employee was fired within minutes of management becoming aware of the incident. That's basically long-term. Well, basically, a long story short. A man typed in a homophobic slur on a couple's uh, Arby's receipt, and he got fired right there on the spot. I respect that Arby's for doing that. As I said earlier, you're not supposed to lead with hate you're not supposed to do anything with hate you're supposed to treat everybody with fairness and kindness let me make this perfectly clear now and say it again treat everybody perfectly kind and treat everybody with kindness and respect with anything that you do you want to be treated right in this life you have to treat everybody right as well in this life because we only have one life to live ladies and gentlemen so you want to treat everybody fair as you want them to treat you And I saw the receipt, on the receipt it says the F word, and I'm not going to say that word, you can understand exactly what that word is, and I don't understand how a computer glitch can make that come up on the receipt, if you will, because the two gentlemen's last names have no F's in it at all, nowhere in it is Craig Gray and and John Burns, where is any f word located in it there is none this cashier wrote that now if this is a is truly a computer glitch and this is me playing devil of we kid here he should have caught that and straight up just like try to completely erase that or some type of situation something and i yet again i'm going to state this clearly and i keep on have to put precautions into this i do not know how these uh services industries work Whenever you're a cashier and you just put in somebody's name and all this type of stuff on the receipt. I don't know how that works. I don't. But just to say that this was a computer glitch, that doesn't fly. It's not going to fly any industry that you work in. It's not going to fly any type of uh, even casual conversation that you have with anybody if you just let that F word fly. And you could just say that you messed up or screwed up. It's not going to happen. So... I don't understand how he thought that that was going to just fly by saying this was a computer glitch. Nah, dog. Having that F word on, having that F word or even saying the F word now in this climate that we're in is completely wrong. It's not acceptable now. It's never, it, it was acceptable back in the early two thousand, late 90s. It was acceptable. People use that as a running joke. But it was a derogatory and hurtful term towards the LGBTQ community. It's not cool. It's not funny. That's just what it is. Now, people within that community can say that because, well, that's their word now. Like us, uh, the black community, we took back the N-word and we make it our word now. They can take that word and turn it to whatever positive uh, affirmation and wordage that they can use for themselves. and Anybody within that community, they can use that for them and themselves. But anybody outside of the community, you can't say that word because if you do, ooh, you will be labeled with hate, and which this Arby's employee did do. He was labeled as a hated uh person and he got fired on the spot but anyway that's still long story short arby's employee got fired that franchise wasn't trying to waste no time they quickly got him out of here and i want to say congratulations for them so they won't be trying to take no heat for that but just be on the lookout for anybody that does try to do anything slick and sh- uh nasty Again, we only have one life to live on this earth. Do not try to be slick and nasty on this earth, for the love of God, because you have to meet a higher power or whoever you believe in at the end of the day. That's basically all that is. So for that, don't play stupid. Don't be stupid. Don't be dumb and don't ever try to write some type of a slur or use some derogatory, nasty slur. We all know the type of slurs that are out here That we're never supposed to use So do not, and I repeat, do not use those type of slurs When you know you're not supposed to That's that for that uh, topic The next topic I have is Another one and it's from USA Today And the title reads I did this to prove a point Mom arrested for posing as a 13 year old daughter At school And it reads A third, a 30 year old mother who was arrested after posing as her daughter at a Texas middle school, said she did it to push for better security. Casey Garcia, who jail records show is a four foot 11 tall and weighs 105 pounds, was arrested on one count of each of criminal trespass and tampering with government records. El Paso County Sheriff's office official says she was also arrested on an unrelated traffic warrant they always got to give you some type of traffic warrant they always got to get you with that but anyway continuing on deputies were notified tuesday by san ala alzara i believe independent school district campus officials of garcia trespassing on school grounds and posing as a student sheriff office official said several posts were made on social media documenting her posing as a student official said an investigation led to two warrants being issued for Garcia's arrest In a YouTube video titled, Why I Pose as My 13-Year-Old Daughter, a raw but real answer. She says she dyed her hair and used skin tanner to pose as the girl. Garcia said that after she was asked for her ID number at the school and whether she had signed in, she was allowed inside. She says school staff was more concerned about her phone being out than in who she actually is. She says she was the only student in one of my classes, adding, the teachers were so preoccupied with the students that were online, that they weren't paying attention to the students that were there physically. She praised her daughter's teachers, but said it is a problem at all schools. I bet you anything someone else can do this. She says in the video, this is why I did this, whether you agree with me or not. Later, she says, I think the deal breaker for me was actually walking in and posing as a seventh grader. I mean, I'm no spring chicken, but it wasn't hard. and it made, And I made it to all seven periods until the last teacher, she was a female, and she asked Julie, can you stay after class, and I was, absolutely, and I said absolutely. She looked at me, and she said, you're not Julie. No, I'm not, she replied. I took off my mask, I took off my glasses, and I said, no, I'm not Julie. I'm Julie's mom, and she said, why? Garcia says, I think she was really mind-boggled, like she had no idea what the hell just happened. She says she posed as a daughter for a social experiment i said for a social experiment she adds in the video i wanted to see if i could make it the entire day without anyone noticing i say up until the third no up until the seventh period i think that's a very long day for a 30 year old and the transcription goes on and on and she says she adds i ate lunch without my mask on i mean i thought that was going to be a deal breaker but it's not Appearing to remark on a feedback she has received online, she says somebody commented that I look 35. That was rude. And as for anybody, and as for people who say the situation is nuts, she says, absolutely, it's nuts. Because you don't understand my integrity, you don't understand why I did it, or if there was any real reason, or if there wasn't. She explains her motivation. I'm telling you right now, we need better security at their schools. She says in this video, this is what I tried to prove. I kind of feel like I proved it. She said that during her day at the school she was nervous, had trouble breathing and wanted to throw up after each class. As to why she stayed, she says I stayed because look, no one noticed I was there. That is a problem. She says I was, hey, put your phone away. I was not a name. I was not a person. I was hey, put your phone away. She then talks about mass shootings. The first one should have never happened, she says, adding, I think we I think we that needed I think they're trying to say, I think we need metal detectors. I don't think the backpacks are a good idea. She says she understands that some parents might see the situation as weird. Are you more concerned that I, a parent, was sitting next to your child? Or do we really want to wait for the next person taking their Second Amendment right to the extreme? She says I didn't do this for any other reason but to prove a point. She says I'm not sorry. Well, I'm sorry that it had to be. That specific school district. I am very sorry. They're all wonderful people. This principal is the nicest person I've ever met, and I'm sorry that it had to be you. She declines to name the school throughout the video. Indeed. Well, instead, she says, I'm proving a point that this is with all school systems. Private school, public school, it doesn't matter. We have a problem. There have been one too many mass shootings in schools. Okay, let me just break this down to you in layman's terms. A 30-year-old woman dressed up as her child. And she went to the school as her child. And she lasted all seven periods until the teacher, the last teacher, told her to stay at the class, you get the drift. And she caught on to her and said, you're not your daughter. And the mom undid the do and said, yeah, I'm not my daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, let me get down to the point where she ends up getting arrested. And it's right here. Deputies assigned to the school resource office. Officer section arrested Garcia at her home. Garcia was booked Friday into the El Paso County Jail on bonds totaling $7,908. A jail log shows she was released later that day. So anyway, she got arrested for portraying as a daughter, your trespassing, and everything else. I think that, one, the school should be completely blamed for this. How do you not know what your daughter... Well, what the students' ideas or who that student is. I understand we're in we were in the age of the pandemic age, or where you're concerned with students that are online and inside the classrooms. I understand that. I was in college. Certain people in my college uh, classes had uh, students inside the classroom, and certain students did it on Zoom, and my professors were able to keep up with. Students that were inside a classroom and students that are on Zoom. So my professors were able to do that. I don't understand how teachers in a public school system aren't able to handle that. I don't understand it. Professors are basically the same thing as public uh, teachers. They have to deal with some odd uh, massive amounts of students in each class that they do teach and they have to know who you are, they have to do their own work, on their own time, and everything else, and blah, blah, blah. But this mother was able to dress up as her daughter, and not anybody bat an eye or anything of that nature. One, this made the school district look like a complete joke. And this does prove her point, that they do need uh, some type of better security, some metal detectors, something of that nature. But no need to fear, I do believe that... Whenever this fall, uh, semester, whenever school gets back to opening, since we are at the end, and everybody's graduating or everybody has graduated since this thing has came out about last week, everybody's graduated. So whenever school does roll over again in August or September, whenever your school district does do it, people will be back inside classrooms. There'll be a certain amount they will still be doing their school online. I can still see that now. But majority of the class, majority of schools will be having their doors open and making it a mandate that people will be going inside the classrooms and everything else since, well, the vaccine has been available to everybody in the world. Well, at least in America. The thing is, get some uh, metal detectors. Because if, any, if she was able to slip through the cracks of that, Thank God it was a mother that was just wanting to conduct experiments on her and as a parent. And I applaud her for it because you have no idea how many crackpots could have done something like that. And it would have been a real different outcome than just, oh, I'm going to just sit down in my uh, student, my daughter's uh, classroom and just be there and just kick it just to see if anybody's going to notice that I'm not my daughter. Instead of a crackpot running up in the school, going into these classrooms and doing something very horrendous, so I applaud the mother for showcasing that. And I want a, and she shouldn't have been arrested for this. Gerald, she trespasses. She is a mother. Her daughter goes to that school. She was able to nanana boo boo, catch me if you can. This school. How can you hate on that? She, was, she, she did exactly what she was supposed to do. When you're a parent, you're supposed to look up and see if the teachers are doing what they're supposed to do. Are the teachers teaching your child right? Are they doing everything that they're supposed to do as a teacher? You're supposed to see if your child is doing what they're supposed to do. Not being a complete butthole to the class that every other student can't like, learn. That used to happen back whenever I was in school, at least in middle school and high school. Certain parents will run up in the classrooms without no announcements or nothing or just walk by and just to see if people were, if their uh, kid was doing what they were supposed to do. Shoot, my mom told us that she would sometimes go to the school and just walk by the classroom just to see us and just to make sure that we were okay in class. And we were none the wiser. And the teachers were none the wiser to my belief. Well, I had to ask my mom about that. But anyway, she just told us that she would just see if we were okay. See, that's the type of stuff that parents need to do now. And that schools should allow parents to do instead of trying to keep them locked out. And don't worry about what your kid is doing in here unless we give you a phone call and say your kid's misbehaving or something. Don't worry about that. We'll give you the call and let you know if your kid's acting up. No, 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 no. This parent did the right thing by dressing up this type of way and doing this. Thank God it wasn't a crazy parent that was trying to get revenge and trying to beat up on another uh, student for bullying their kid. This parent was just here to just make a point, and she made her point. Schools need to have metal detectors, and schools need to pay attention to who's actually there. And there has been multiple times in my high school years where I will see people with phones and I will hear teachers tell them to put the phone away. Not even say their name, just say, hey, put the phone away. And I never ever really thought about it until reading that by her saying I was only, hey, put the phone away. Never my name, never nothing else, but just, hey, put the phone away. They were concerned about the phones being put away than knowing who you actually are. I never really thought about that until reading that. I would hear that a lot in school because a lot of people just want to play with their phones. And personally, in high school, you should have your phone out. You should be able to play with your phone. You should be able to text and do everything else because high school is supposed to be sending you up for the world. But that's for a different story and different topic for a different uh, episode. But this should not not have happened, one, if, they're, if the school was really paying attention. But since they weren't, the parent did the right thing by checking up and seeing what the school is doing. And the school got caught out. Hey, she didn't put you on blast for who you, for what the school uh, name is, but everybody in that local area probably could find out exactly who mother that was and exactly who school that was, and put it out on Twitter. I haven't seen it yet, but who knows? More or less, has been out. But anyway, do not, and I repeat, do not let that let school systems tell you what you can and can't do as a parent. You should be able to walk up in the classrooms and do as this parent did just to make sure the teachers are doing right. And since these teachers didn't do right, they got caught out and the school got caught out. Congratulations to the parent for this one. Next topic, coming from New York Times. Two black students won high honors in school. Then came the demands for a recount. This one is really going to, will chap anybody's hides if you have ever had your student be, or your child be the valedictorian. You're gonna, this one is gonna chap your butt. Anyway, as the article reads, at first it seemed like a joyous occasion. There was an audible gasp in the room, then boisterous cheering and applause when the announcement was made. Akira Washington and Layla Temple Have been named 2021 valedictorian and salutatorian for West Point High School. The president of the local NAACP in West Point, Mississippi, Anir Cunningham, smiled as the two young women, both standout students, were photographed. It was a beautiful and proud moment to witness two young black ladies standing side by side, given such honors, Cunningham said. But almost immediately, parents of other students near the top of the rankings raised questions about who should have been honored. Within days and breaking with long-standing tradition, West Point High School decided to name two valedictorians and two salutatorians, with two white students, Emma Berry and Dominic Borgioli, joining the black students who have already been named. And in the nearly three weeks since that senior awards night, West Point, a mostly black town in the northeastern part of the state, has been split largely among racial lines. Roiled by a dispute that included threats, a potential lawsuit and allegation of racism posted on Facebook. Officials say that race had nothing to do with the events in West Point, but instead blamed a mistake made by a school counselor resulting largely from confusion over which of the two methods for calculating final grades should be should have been used. In a world in which students and their ambitious parents fight for the teeniest edge over their classmates, West Point is hardly the hardly the first high school to see senior class honors veer into acrimony and legal issues. A dispute over the valedictorian designation recently prompted a lawsuit in Alpine, Texas, population 6,000. Let me just basically get to the point here. You had two... Black females that were at the top of their senior class, both named the valedictorian. One named the valedictorian. One is the the salutatorian, and they were both black. to Get the photo op because this is something that is big, especially in the day and times that we're living in now. And now you have people doing a asking and questioning how can two black girls be at the top and not have even white any White person being a valedictorian or salutatorian—that was basically the question for that. So you had people questioning it, and then so the counselor in the school basically said, "You know what? We're gonna give it to two white people as well. So we're gonna have two valedictorians and two salutatorians. So one black and one white for each of those categories." It wasn't great. So now you got the black families wanting to sue the school. And the white families are basically not doing anything. They were upset that um, they they didn't understand how their student, how their uh, children weren't at the top because they were looking into their kids' grades and this and that, and you get the drift. I don't understand. How a school makes this kind of big fumble of a, mis- not even going to say mistake, this big fumble of a decision to now cater and give a participation award to two other students that you guys didn't name the valedictor- valedictorian and salutatorian. You do that after some people raise their fists at you and say, how dare you not name my kid Valentatorian or salutatorian, look at our grades, look at my kids' grades. You don't have the, you, you miss the mark. You're the parents are basically telling the guys' counselor this. I can't get mad at the parents for saying this because any parent will say that to any guys' counselor because one, they want to stick up for their kid because they've seen their kid bust their butt and bust their hump to get to a level that they, whenever you work hard, You deserve the reward for working hard. I get, I get that, but here's my thing with it: the guidance counselor in the school should have looked thoroughly because valedictorian and salutatorian carries a lot of weight. People put a whole lot of pressure and a whole lot of like significance around those words. I personally never have because I never really cared. I was an A and B student. I never really cared about any of these type of class rankings or anything. Yet again, I was an in and out uh, student. I was professional and I never really cared about any of these things. But for the people that did care about it, this was what they had been working for throughout their whole time in school. They want to be number one. They wanted to be the best student. They wanted to be the ace And that's what valedictorian is. You're the ace. You're the top. You're at the top. You are the cream of the crop. You are the best student of that senior class. Just so happens. You had two of the best of the senior class. And salutatorian was the second best. So now you had two top tied. And two for the second place. Tied for the second place. It doesn't make sense. You guys should have just cut. The decision and be like hey we stand by our decision too bad so sad or really dig into okay here's what we missed and take that consideration and do it at what you will you're not going to make the decision of tie or like okay we're gonna have two valedictorians and two salutatorians that's a mockery of that you're making a mockery out of the two students that you gave it to the first time i'm I just can't rock with people changing their mind after you made the decision like that. That's a strong decision because the kids have put, as I said before, a lot of time and a lot of emotion. You're setting these kids up for a big letdown whenever you tell have to inform them. Hey, we said you're going to be the valedictorian, but uh, here's the deal: uh, you have to share that spot with her, and you have to share your salutatorian spot with him. That's no. No, 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 no. Black people already and I hate to make this a race thing, but this has already been a race thing. it is a race thing. Whether people like to admit it or not, this is legitimately a race situation. It was two black girls that are the valid well, one black girl is validatory one black girl that's salutatory the two top of their class a not a but number one and number two. they were the top. And now you are changing that up because white families don't like that or don't agree with that, and you guys have been to that will. That is corny to me. You can't allow that to happen. That shouldn't have happened. But it did happen. This is America, Joe. This is what happens. Recounts happen. Recount, recount. Yeah, cool. We all do a recount. You're going to get a recount, that's fine and dandy. But for you to make a big airhead airhead fumble call like this it makes no bit of sense the school deserves to get sued because you have ruined these two girls big opportunity to say i was the valed- valedictorian and i was a salutatorian now they have to say well i was tied I was valedictorian and i was tied salutatorian whenever they had to do college processes because if they want to get into a high college process they're going to put that on their college application. They're going to do that. And whenever they have to explain, okay, you say tied, and they have to explain the reason why they say tied, it's more going to lead more into the favor of the black girls. Now, we're really going to be honest because we're looking at every type of injustice that's happening. And whenever this just adds onto the list, it was injustice that you stripped this away from these two black girls and say, well, you got to share it with the two white uh, children. It's not fair. It's not right. This school made a mockery and it was stupid. They should They should have looked into whose grades were the best as anything. You look into who's the best for this and the best for that. We do that for everything. And You mean you tell me they missed the mark on this? They didn't miss the mark. The two black girls were the top one and two and white people just got upset with it. That's my opinion on it. I stand by my opinion. There's no way you're going to change my opinion on that. That's what happened. Now, on to my next topic, and it comes from Time Magazine, and it involves Mr. Chris Harrison. And if you don't remember who Chris Harrison was, he was the host of The Bachelor. My man is walking away with an eight-figure parting deal from the franchise. Boy, eight figures. My God, that is a lot of money. Well, in my opinion, that's a lot of money. But Probably for him, that's probably like a drop in the bucket. But anyway... The article reads Chris Hansen, the longtime host of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, is leaving the franchise permanently following a racism controversy and has reportedly received a major parting deal. According to Deadline, Harrison's exit after nearly two decades with the franchise comes with a mid range, eight figure payoff and a promise to keep his mouth shut. See, that's already a warning right there. Promise to keep his mouth shut. I don't like that. ABC and Warner Horizon, the studio that produces the franchise, confirmed. Harrison's departure in his statement today. Chris Harrison is stepping aside as the host of the Bachelor franchise. We are thankful for his contributions over the past 20 years and wish him all the best on his new journey. Harrison, who had hosted every Bachelor, Bachelor, and spinoff season from the franchise since the Bachelor's inaugural episode in 2002, has been on a hosting hiatus since February. And we all know what happened in February. He tried to cover-up for Rachel Kirkinell and try to cover for her, but he ended up biting himself in the butt. And, hey, I don't need to go over any of that. What I am going to go over is that my man is leaving. Straight up, The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, and he's leaving away with an eight-figure deal to keep his mouth shut. What is he keeping his mouth shut for? What type of stuff is hiding in that nasty organization? That nasty franchise where you're the bachelor and or bachelorette in each other's seasons. And you have to kiss and touch all these other willing participants in this act to try to find love on television. And hopefully gain big media coverage and build a legacy off of just being on the bachelor or bachelorette. What type of things did Chris Harrison see that he's getting paid eight figures to keep his mouth shut? I wonder that. I wonder has he seen people being inappropriate, either be backstage hands being inappropriate with the contestants, or the contestants being inappropriate with the backstage hands, or the contestants being inappropriate with one another, or the contestants doing horrible things to each other. I didn't have never watched The Bachelor nor Bachelorette. This whole thing has come to the full uh, to my eyes because one of Matt being the first black Bachelor and whole Rachel Kirkendall crap, and now with Chris Harrison, this whole thing just came to my door literally this year, and I've never really paid attention to The Bachelor nor Bachelorette, but just to know that he was there for two decades... He has seen certain things go down within those two decades. So I want to know what type of nastiness did he see for him to keep his mouth shut for eight figures and walk away. He must have got some real heavy dirt. Was past contestants being nasty? Was past contestants being too handsy? Were they too inebriated in certain challenges? Were they doing certain things that you're not supposed to do? I just want to know, does he how much dirt does he have on ABC for them to give him eight figures to walk away? Mm, that's a question for you guys to figure out. I don't know this. I'm just saying he probably knows some big high profile situation things that will kill ABC's reputation if it were ever come out. Some really nasty heinous stuff. That's the only thing I could think of. But you guys tweet it out. Tweet it out to my two cents podcast. Hashtags my two cents or hashtag MTCP. Yeah, short abbreviation for my two cents pod. Um tweet it out. Let me know something. Cause I, I want to know what did he do for them to give him eight figures to leave? Throw out your wild suggestions of what he probably knows. Shoot, I don't know what he what he knows and what he don't know. I'm thinking at the worst case scenario, the real worst is that uh former bachelor was probably handsy with a whole lot of contestants within that one season. And each contestant knows about it. And he had to shut him up just to keep that season going. That's the worst of the worst. Probably the littlest thing is probably. Uh, he- Uh, probably a stage hand or a backstage hand probably slipped with one of the contestants willingly, but they couldn't let that get out to the public, and he had to cover up for it or something, but that's my, like, the least of it all but, like, and that's my least and my worst of what he actually truly knows but, anyway, congrats to Chris Harrison, and you 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 somehow skated out with the Matt Lauer type, like bank, the big bag you and Matt Lauer you and Matt were able to just escape out of here. Matt Lauer did something, well, did something nastier than you. You having to say something about a contestant's, well, going to an antebellum party. While Matt Lauer, he had a lock button underneath his desk to lock his door to keep people inside his office. And I still, to this day, don't know how, T, how NBC... Never knew about that lock button underneath his desk. For the love of God, it would just never, it would never ever make sense to me how they didn't know about it. They probably knew about it and just didn't want to say nothing. But anyway, uh, nasty business of what it is. And now to the fast, the final topic. This has come from TMZ and it's talking about Jeffrey Tubin. He's back on CNN after a Zoom exposure. I was deeply moronic. That's the title for it. And if you don't know who Jeffrey Tubin was, let me give you a little bit backstory on Jeffrey Tubin. Jeffrey Tubin was a um, New York staff writer, and he also works—yes, currently works—at CNN, and he did work at CNN back then as well as a chief legal analyst. Um, and he was on a Zoom call, and he was uh, touching himself. That's the lightest way I can easily put it. He was touching himself on a Zoom call with New Yorker colleagues. And he was placed on uh, suspension for CNN, which I never knew that he even worked for CNN. And the only big news that we ever knew about Jeffrey Toon was that he was fired af- from the New Yorker after he worked there for 27 years for the touching himself on a Zoom call with other New Yorker uh, colleagues. But anyway, let me read this uh, from TMZ. That's just some backstory about Jeffrey Tubin. Jeffrey Tubin back on the air at CNN eight months after the network pulled him off the air in the New Yorker, Canada, for exposing himself during a Zoom meeting. Tubin's back in his capacity as chief legal analyst and appeared in a CNN newsroom segment Thursday with anchor Allison. I don't know how to say her last name. He was discussing a legal matter, but they also had to discuss the elephant in the Zoom room, if you will. Clearly referencing what went down, Toobin allegedly touching himself back in October while on a Zoom call with the New Yorker colleagues, Allison said to quote, Jay Leno, what the hell were you thinking? Toobin admitted it was deeply moronic and indefensible. And added he's been miserable since it all went down. However, he also says he also started directly apologizing to his New Yorker colleagues, on the day of the incident. Tubin, whose book, The Run of His Life, The People vs. OJ, is the basis for the hit FX, true crime, American crime story, also apologized to his wife and family and said he's working to be a better person and mentioned he's in therapy. As we reported, the New Yorker fired him back in November following an internal investigation. He had been a staff writer at the publication for nearly three decades and the authoritative voice on all legal matters of CNN before he was benched, and now he's back. This caused a big uproar on Twitter, and that's the only reason how I knew Jeffrey Tubin was back, well, even in the limelight, just because of Twitter. But just to know that he was out for eight months on CNN is wild to me. Usually, whenever you get placed in the penalty box, if you will, The Paula Dean still in the penalty box. She's creeping her feet out of it. The Mel Gibson was in the penalty box for a long period of time, but he's (laughs) high-stepped his way out of it after sitting in that monkey for mad years. And my man from Friends... Not Friends, but from Seinfeld, who had the bombing on stage, and he just started lambasting black people, start saying the N-word. You know who my man is. Kramer. There it is. The crazy, kooky guy from Seinfeld. He was in the penalty box for a long time, and he's still gets in the penalty box. And let me paraphrase this. The penalty box is a place where you have to sit out and just watch as action goes until you're allowed to get back into the action. So, Jeffrey Tuba was in the penalty box for eight months. Usually you're in there for about a good, solid two years. Louis C.K. was in the penalty box for a good hot minute for, the whole, for his whole nasty situation. That he did by him touching himself in front of colleagues and even over the phone with colleagues. But anyway, by God, dude, eight months. Usually you'd be there for two years or three years. He was only in there for eight months, fired by the New Yorker, but CNN brought him back. I never knew he worked for CNN. I never even watched CNN like that. Usually I try to watch ABC or CBS or even in. NBC from time to time but ABC is usually my big go-to but anyway I never knew that he worked there whenever he got uh hit with the fired from New Yorker that was all that was the big thing he got fired for touching himself he got fired for touching himself on a zoom call that was just the big headline topics about this Jeffrey Tubin guy and now that he's back after this and it only was eight months This lets you know that right now we are starting to see companies look at certain situations as, okay, this isn't that bad of a situation. He can come back or she could come back because this situation wasn't as bad as it was vilified and demonified. We have now put levels to this cancel situation or how long you will be inside the penalty box until we forgive you and you could come out get into play and do your job for what you were doing before you got put into the penalty box that's what we have now come to cancel culture is slowly i'm not gonna say gonna die out because that's not gonna happen cancel culture has now put restrictions on what you can say and what you can't say and if you say something wrong you're gonna be out of here or at least you're gonna be put into the penalty box for a good subsequent amount of time or at least until a company decides that it You've had enough. We're going to put you back into play, champ. That I... Uh, I just don't know what to say about this one. Eight months... Seems like a quick snap of the fingers. Especially since... Well, Corona and... This whole quarantine thing has been like a quick snap of the fingers. Certain people might say, by God, it feels like forever. But for me, it seemed like a snap of fingers. It's just weird... To me, it's weird. Eight months after you touch yourself, yeah, sure, you probably didn't, like, molest or, like, touch up on anybody at the office or anything, but by God, you had... You were touching yourself on a business call, bro. A business call where people were seeing you. They can see you. Nigga, they can see you, bro. How much more do you need to know... They can see you touching yourself. I hate to constantly throw it out there, but he touched himself on a Zoom call in front of his colleagues. Well, not really in front of his colleagues. He was doing it, and he didn't think his colleagues saw him, but they saw him. This just tell you that man is a. I'm not gonna say sex at it because you don't because they it was never classified for him. But anyway, I'm not gonna drag it this long. This is just wild to me. It's nuts. I don't understand it, but who am I to understand it? So don't ever think that somebody's in the penalty box forever. Don't think that somebody is going to stay in that penalty box. Just remember that they're in the penalty box until a big company has decided that it's their time to get out of the penalty box. So don't think they're in the penalty box forever, unless you're Kramer, because you're kind of in there. Until like a big company wants to take a big chance on you. And still to this day right now. You go on his Wikipedia. Yeah he's there, done like things here and there. But big motion pictures. Or big like uh, shows or something. Nah Kramer hasn't been on big shows. So nah. And that has been it. For my Two Cents episode uh, 26. Entitled Don't. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Let me give you my social media links. Where you can find me. Twitter at my two podcast at Instagram my two cents podcast g2 business my two cents pod at yahoo.com and remember all these are all one word and do not put Two put the actual number two in these uh scenarios and this podcast is also available on Apple podcasts Podbeam, and also Google podcasts give me the five star uh, view reviews or give me any type of stars that you think I deserve for this uh, podcast or this episode that you listen to. As a matter of fact, whenever you make your review, put the episode that you listen to and tell me how I could do better on, at least on that episode or how I could make this uh, platform or this show much more better for the viewing list for not for the viewing, but for the listening uh, audience member. Because this is all this uh, show's about. Just for me to let you guys in on certain news topics that the news doesn't really cover. Or things that I find interesting that I just want to get my uh, two cents out on. Ha Got got you there. Two cents again. I'm sorry, I gotta always plug that in every time I can plug it in. Anytime I feel it. And I felt it right there. But anyway, uh, when you do give, these, give me a review, just put the episode that you listen to. Or just put the type of... Uh, What I can do to make this uh, show better And um, I thank you for listening I want you to have a great day And great rest of the week Tomorrow morning Tomorrow on Monday You will be getting a wrestling uh, edition Of my two cents podcast Wrestling of the week I will be giving you wrestling highlights From Monday Night Raw All the way to tonight's Pay-per-view of WWE In Your House NXT Uh, NXT in your house takeover. Sorry, I'm probably butchering the title, but you get the drift. You will be getting wrestling highlights of the week from Raw all the way to NXT takeover in your house. There you go. So, with that, I want to wish you guys a good Sunday morning, a good Sunday. Uh, have a good day, have a good rest of the week, have a great week if you can. And please, for the love of God, keep your six feet distance, wear your mask still wear your mask even if you got the vaccine for the love of god still wear your mask it's still not safe out here it's still not safe and for the love of god please wash your hands after you touch anything or put some hand sanitizer on your hands after you touch anything it's still not safe out here just because they're trying to get rid of these hand sanitizer uh, stations when you walk into the building. Just because they're trying to get rid of all these type of hand uh, wipes when you walk into the building or you do any of that, just because they're trying to get rid of that doesn't mean you it's not your responsibility to take care of your own hygiene. You still got to do that. To just just know that this pandemic made you aware that you had to take care of your hygiene. But nevertheless, this is not goodbye. This is until you hear the sweet sounding voice again. And hopefully that is tomorrow Morning Monday when you want to listen to wrestling highlights of the week and if not listen next Sunday for another edition of My Two cents podcast where I talk about any topic that I find interesting throughout the rest of this week. Matter of fact, I'm going to name it now. Not even name it now. I'm just letting you know right now. Next week I want to talk about LGBTQ uh situations. Well, since this still is LGBTQ month this is Pride month. I want to get into certain uh topics that I find interesting. I do. As a heterosexual man, I want to f- talk about certain topics next week. It might get me in a whole lot of hot water because I'm not a part of that. Uh, I'm not a part of the LGBTQ. I'm just an ally of them, and I support people just in general. But just know, next week, I'm coming out of all love and respect. I just have certain questions and certain things I do want figured out. But Anyway, that is next week. But until then, this has been my Two Cents Podcast. G2. I love you all. I love you all. Thank you for listening. And until you hear from the sweet sound of voice again, bye-bye now. I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus I- wept.